T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. There's a high fly ball from KMOX Sports. That's it deep to left field and it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. There's a moment for you. Welcome to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. In the driving jam time. The Philippines win this one. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. Comeback pattern caught. Touchdown, Kansas City. Now, sports on a Sunday morning on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. All right, great to be with you here on Sports on a Sunday morning. We're live from the Steeple Sports Studio. Kevin Wheeler in for Tom Ackerman. Uh, and this is, I, I mean, I, I figured this out the last time I filled in for Tom here on Sports on a Sunday morning. That that was the first time I had ever done it. And that was last baseball season. So this is the second time I have now been at KMOX in two different stints for almost a total of 10 years. And this is only the second time I've been able to do sports on a Sunday morning. Uh, and it's fun. I, I really enjoy the format. We, we have uh, obviously a lot of time to chat about what's going on in, in the world of sports. And that's what we're doing here. If you'd like to jump in, by the way, I'm going to check some text messages here coming up around 1130. Uh, try to mix those in. So I'm, I'm, I'm guessing it's a lot. It'd be a lot of Cardinals. If you want to throw in your two cents on something you've seen or you want to ask a question about something specific, whatever you want, we'll do some of that at the bottom of the hour. Uh, in a few minutes, I want you to hear from John Jay. We had John in studio on Friday during the show. So it was Chris Ronji, Amy Marks, Coors, and me, along with John Jay in studio, talking a bit about his career. He's got a charity event coming up a week from today uh, at the Family Golf Learning Center. Uh, that'll be really fun. You'll enjoy it. He's going to bring some of his friends out. He knows some people. John knows some guys that probably played baseball for the Cardinals. So you'll have some of them showing up and having a good time out there. And, and I'll tell you about the details when we get to that portion of the interview uh, with John Jay, which we'll do coming up in our next segment. thing I wanted to get to here is, and I, I want to be clear about what I'm saying. I'm not saying that the topic that we're about to discuss is or is not going to happen. And I do not want to position this as being any way, in any way against Keith Law, who I'm a fan of. I really like Keith Law a lot. I know a lot of people in St. Louis don't because of how he voted on a Cy Young race a long time ago. And I disagree completely with Keith Law's voting on that. He didn't vote for Adam Wainwright and it was... You know, uh, it was a difference-making vote. It would have been it would have been helpful for Wayno's candidacy, and he didn't have Wayno in the top three, and that made a lot of people mad. And I get that, but I don't let the one thing get over what I think is a guy that does a lot of really good work. So he suggested on the Athletic Baseball podcast this week 
that the Cardinals would be the perfect team to make a trade for Mike Trout if the Angels are going to go that route. Now, first of all, there's no evidence at this point that the Angels are going to look to trade Mike Trout. I mean, keep in mind a couple of things. I mean, one, he's been the best player on the planet for a long time. Yeah, he's 30, but he's still in pretty good shape. He's still playing really well, and he's locked up long-term. But that said, they they don't make the playoffs with him. They cannot make the playoffs without him, right? But keep in mind a couple of things. Before I even touch whether or not the Cardinals would be a top contender for his services, I don't think that's something the Angels are going to do for a number of reasons. One, the Angels have money. They they they're, they're not. I don't think that they need to cut payroll in any way. They can keep him and still increase the payroll to become better. They just need to make better decisions. Like, they shouldn't have signed Anthony Rendon. I know it's a big second guess because he's been hurt, but they really didn't need a big third baseman at that time. They needed pitching, and they didn't get the top pitchers, so they ended up spending it on Rendon. Anyway, they also are going to be in the process here soon of trying to get Shohei Otani to stay. Are you going to be more likely to get him to stay if you trade the other guy on the team that's a generational Hall of Fame player? I don't I don't know the answer to that. I'm just saying that's a legit question. Like if if I'm them and I'm trying to recruit Otani to stay, that might be a factor in his decision making. So I'm not sure that that's something they're interested in. But a lot of people have been throwing this out there like, man, the Angels should just trade Mike Trout. They can't win with him. They could get a huge haul for him, and they should do it. And a number of people, including Keith Law, pointed to the Cardinals as a good fit. And in a lot of ways, I think they're right. Like, I think, look, as a player, you can make him fit anywhere. You know I mean? Like, if you, if you wanted to say, hey, look, we love Harrison Bader, but we'll include him in a trade to get Mike Trout, I don't think anybody bats an eye. It's Mike Trout. But it's also $37 million a year for another nine years, eight, something like that. That's a lot of money. For, and keep in mind, those are the years that they didn't want to pay for with Albert. Mike Trout now is very close. He's younger, but not by much is very close to the same age that Albert was when he was allowed to leave via free agency. And the concern was, wow, that's a long-term deal and a lot of money, and boy, that's scary when you're talking about a guy that'll be getting into his late 30s. Well, Mike Trout is signed through the 2030 season. No opt-outs, no options. It's just all guaranteed deals. $37.1 million every year for the next one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight years after this year. A lot of money, right? You're paying Nolan Arenado a lot of money. I know you got $50 million towards that, but it's still a lot of money that you're paying him. And we got Goldie obviously making $26 million a year, and you're going to have other, like you're going to need some pitching at some point, whether it's re-signing Jack Flaherty or signing someone else, uh, because Wayno's gonna, not going to be here forever. So you're going to have pitching needs to spend on at some point because you won't be able to fill all of your rotation needs from within. I mean, it would be great if you can, but, you know, a year or two down the road, I mean, if you're hoping for, like, Gordon Graceffo and, and 
Michael McGreevy, if you're hoping for those guys to be in there, that's great. They should be. They're talented. But you're going to need somebody at the front end of all of that, too, if Flaherty's not going to be around. And again, right now, we just we just don't know if he's going to be healthy or around because he's getting near, nearer and nearer to free agency. So I'm not sure that committing almost $40 million a year, even if it is Mike Trout, for the next eight, nine years, I'm not sure that that is what you're going to need as an organization. Because keep in mind what you have now. We just talked about the offense, right? I mean, Arenado is locked up long-term. Goalie for two more years after this year. And then, obviously, you have to assess his performance, his age, what it's going to cost beyond that. But that's just a decision for down the road. But you've got Tommy Edmond, who is under team control for a few more years. Obviously, Brendan Donovan is not going anywhere. Juan Yepes is there. Nolan Gorman is there. You have control over Tyler O'Neill for a few more years. Dylan Carlson for another five years. Uh, Bader for another two with the contract that he signed to. Not to mention the fact that you've got Jordan Walker coming along, who... Going into next year, will probably be one of the top 15, 20 prospects in all of baseball. He might be pushing toward top 10. That's how good he is. you got to have a place for them all to play. And you won't if you're adding more. So, again, when you think – now, they have the ammunition. You could say, well, shoot, trade some of those guys to get Mike Trout. Yeah, you would, and you would have to because you wouldn't need him anyway if you're bringing him in. But does that seem like – a Cardinals thing to you. Yeah, you know what? They've done it. I mean, they did it with Goldie. And they did it with Arenado. But does, do you think adding another one of those deals, when offense is not your big worry, not now, not next year, like if you're going to make a big offer on somebody, it should be a pitcher. Right? Like consider what it would take to get Mike Trout. It would certainly take three or four of your very best young players. They're going to want a pitching prospect. They're probably gonna, so they're going to probably want someone like Libertor. They're going to want one of your outfielders. Probably they'll probably want Tyler O'Neill. I don't know if that's the route I would go. You know, but the, the, you, your your best case in that scenario. I mean, they might want Dylan Carlson in that kind of a deal. They might look at those guys and say those are the players that are more valuable to us and. You're going to have to trade one outfielder. And if you're the Angels, do you want nothing against, this is nothing against Bader, by the way, but he's only under control for two years. Do you want that guy or do you want Carlson for five years? At least. I mean, this is the point that if you're going to make that deal, it's going to sting. And again, I'm okay with a deal stinging, but it's not what you need the most. What you need the most now would be a starting pitcher. And I would think one that would fit into the top three spots in your rotation going into the postseason. Somebody that would slot in either ahead of or in the middle of or just behind Michaelis and Wainwright. Right? Like if I'm going to expend prospects at this point, if I'm going to look to move guys that I'm a really big fan of, it's going to be for a talented pitcher who has some team control. I wouldn't be looking to just add another piece to the audience. Again, this is nothing against Mike Trout because I don't think you can do both. I don't think you can add Mike Trout and somebody that fits in the top three spots in your rotation. If you're looking at what this team is probably going to need more than anything else, it's probably starting pitching. So all that said, I want to repeat, not nothing against Keith Law. I think he's brilliant. 
I think he does really good work. He's I like him. I get along with him. He's been he's done you know, he's done he's come on with me many, many, many times over the years. And he's not the only one that is suggesting this idea. A lot of people that have said, where are the possible landing spots for Trout? A lot of people say, oh, the Cardinals. Look, it's a lower pressure environment like it's not New York, although he's an East Coast guy, so maybe he wouldn't even care about that. But it's a good team because he has to approve any deal. So he's clearly not going anywhere that's not ready to win. He would want to be ready to win. Well, that's, that's the Cardinals. That fits. They have revenue. They have money. That fits. They have players to give up. I mean, they've got a really good group of young players. They could afford to give up, you know, two or three of them if you're adding one of the best players in the world. But is that the move that makes the difference in terms of your ability to win the World Series? I mean, maybe. I mean, he he definitely makes you better. I mean, think about it. I mean, how would you love to have Trout, Goldie, Arenado, two, three, four? I mean, that's ridiculous, man. That's absolutely insane. But I think that the that fact that it is insane, like in a crazy good way, probably tells you it's not necessary. So I wouldn't say never. I, I got to a point where I thought the, the Nolan Arenado thing was fantasy. Like there's no way they're taking on that deal. Well, I didn't realize that Colorado was willing to ta- tack on $50 million and take a return of, of guys that were not your elite prospects. They were desperate to dump payroll. I don't get that sense from the Angels. They're in Los Angeles. Artie Moreno has a lot of money, and the Angels generate a lot of money in Southern California. They're not in the same place as the Rockies. And I don't think they give that player away. And in all honesty, I don't think they trade him at all. But I did think about it, and I looked around, like, who would make the most sense? The team that would make the most sense is probably the Mets. Because Steve Cohen doesn't care about money at all. He's got so much of it. They have some players that they could include in the deal that would be attractive to the Angels. And so when you're, and, and by the way, he's a Jersey guy. I know he's more of a Philly Jersey than a New York Jersey guy. But still, Jersey guy going to New York or Philly would probably go. I don't think Philly's a fit. They got Harper already and Castellanos. And you know, I, I don't think that that's necessarily where they'd want to go, though it would be a popular move. But they don't even have much of a farm system to trade from. The Mets do. The Cardinals do. It would be fun. It would be wonderful. I wouldn't hold my breath. I just did. I I, I think that that is, um, while I thought the Arenado thing was far-fetched, this is even further fetched because you have Arenado already. Because you have Goldschmidt and because the lineup, the offense is not your biggest concern right now. If you're doing anything like this at this magnitude, like if you're going for that level of player, I would make it a pitcher, a starting pitcher. Not just, again, not just a number three or four starter. I mean, like, you know, a guy that could be up there in the mix, maybe as a game one starter in a playoff series. Even though you have Mike Lissanueno, somebody that would be in that conversation would be the kind of person that I would give up the big return for rather than a super expensive player uh, who is now 30 and will be 38 at the end of that deal, making $37 million a year every year in that entire time. All right, now that we've covered that, I'm going to come back. Uh, I want to hear, want you to hear a little bit from John Jay. We had him on for two segments. He was in studio with us on Friday talking about a lot of things. I mean, being retired, quote unquote, retired at the age of 37, which is just crazy. The fact that John Jay is 37 is weirding me out. I'm not going to lie, man. But also we're going to hear from him. Like, what's he up to now? 
Uh, he gets back to the ballpark. He lives here in St. Louis during the summer. His wife's from here, so they're around a lot. Uh, we'll talk to. Well, we're not going to talk to him because I already did. But I want you to hear a little bit of what John Jay was talking to us about on Friday when we come back here on Sports on a Sunday morning. KMOX is Cardinals Radio. It's the Cards and Phillies tonight. Amron pregame show 515. First pitch 610 on KMOX and streaming on KMOX.com. Hi, back in on sports on a Sunday morning, live from the Steeple Sports Studio. Kevin Wheeler in for Tom Ackerman. Tom is on vacation. Uh, he'll be back next week as usual. A uh, couple things I wanted to to get into here, um, and obviously we're going to take some text messages in a little bit, but um, I had a chance. It was fun, man. We had a chance to sit down uh, with John Jay yesterday. Well, actually, it's not yesterday. On Friday on the show. And first of all, he has a charity event coming up that benefits the Jay Family Foundation. Uh, he does a lot of great work in the community. He's doing a lot of work here in St. Louis as well. His wife is from here. They live here for part of the year. They spend the rest of the year down in South Florida. Uh, but we had John Jay in yesterday to talk about the event, which is next Sunday. It'll be 6 to 10 p.m. at the Family Golf and Learning Center. Um, it's 100 bucks. It's food, entertainment. Obviously, Jay, John will be there. He said he's got some special guests. I don't know who he might know that could show up at an event on a Sunday uh, during a Cardinals homestand. Not sure if he knows any people that would show up for that, but really, really good dude who's doing a lot of good things in the community. It's fun to catch up with him on the show on Friday. No, it's great seeing you. No, it's awesome. Uh, it's good to be in St. Louis. Uh, good to be here with you guys. Uh, brings back some good memories talking to you. Yeah. Are you sure about that? Yeah, some really good memories. <laughs> is, how, how is Kevin, John, how is Kevin as an interviewer? He's does great. he make it comfortable? He's great. He does. And, um, you know, I'm not going to lie. I used to give him, you know, most, you know, all the time because he went to UM. So that yeah. was, oh, I see, that's it. I was like, right, hey, yeah. J.A., we need an interview. I'm like, dude, but I have a thousand things going on. I was like, hey, but Kevin went to UM. I'm like, all right, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> we both bleed green and orange, man. That's we good news. came that's out the good. same way. When, I, were you, when you were a kid, did you, did you used to hang out at Mark Light Stadium and all that? Absolutely. Because uh, you probably asked for my autograph at some point. I probably oh, did, and I probably saw you. I saw you for sure. <laughs> no, you saw me in the bullpen. I, I saw you. You in saw the me warming people. I saw up. in the bullpen. No, nah, but yeah, I, I went as a kid. I used to go to Ron Frazier baseball camp on yep. the old turf field, and I remember going to get milkshakes. And then in high school, um, I remember like our routine was like literally go to the stadium, hang out, watch a couple innings, uh, get a milkshake, and then I had Sunset Place right on the, right on the street. That was the the cool uh, high school hangout back yeah. then, you know. With my 10, 30, 11 o'clock curfew. Or something like that <laughs> I think I had a curfew. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, maybe sometimes. Maybe. Some, sometimes, sometimes. So, I mean, John, you've you've played all over. I mean, it does it, it, it's got to feel like, you know, you've just been all over the world playing baseball and, you know, you have time to reflect on it now. Does it, so, so now that you've had that time, w- what stands out to you the most during your career? Are there certain things you feel like you look back on and they're the, they're the most memorable for you or is there you know is it, is it just like yeah I, I don't know like there's got to be specifics right yeah first of all I mean looking back now you know baseball saved my life you know like yeah. it was one of those things since I was a kid I loved baseball so much and it just kept me on a good path it, it always kept me out of trouble it just kept me motivated and really gave me you know motivation every day baseball allowed me to go to college you know if it wasn't for baseball it would have been a lot tougher for me to go to college so you know, I, I always look back at baseball, like all these little things that it, 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 it enabled me to have, which ultimately is all these experiences like we talk about. I got to play on uh, Team USA in college. Mm-hmm. I got to play at the University of Miami. And then 
know, getting drafted to the Cardinals. So like, I look back at all these different experiences, all these different people I got to meet, and it's it's honestly something I look back. I'm like, wow, I can't believe I got to live this life. And then, you know, obviously coming here in St. Louis, the best baseball town there is, and winning a World Series here, it's it's, it's crazy. My second year, it's like, how many times has that happened? You know, so looking back, I've gone to reflect a lot on on you know on my journey, which is pretty cool. Because when I played, I'll, I'll I'll be the first one to say like I didn't want to talk about anything. You know, it's like, hey, you had a good year. You, you hit good this year. It's like, I got, I want, I need to do this for like eight more years. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. we can talk about this like now. Like, you know, fast forward, I was like, you know, let's see. For me to play ten years in big leagues, that'll be like 2020, 2021. Like, talk to me then about all this stuff. Yeah. So, and we're here. So it's, it's crazy. So you play. You know, you play here. You play uh, KC, both sides of town in Chicago. You're, you know, San Diego. You're all over the place, right? How is this crowd different? Because everybody says, oh, your best fans in baseball is a great baseball town. But because you got to experience all of it, what what about this market and this fan base is different? Yeah, um, I think the biggest thing, it, it's just like life, right? In life, we're looking for, you know, qualities in, in your friends or your family. It's like, you know, loyalty, respect. And that's something that comes up, you know, to me with Cardinals fans, you know, the loyalty, the respect they have for the game of baseball and for the players that put the uniform on. And that's something you don't find everywhere. Which is is amazing, you know. This place is there's Bush Stadium. There's forty thousand people every night, no matter what. Um, you walk anywhere in the streets, people are gonna know who you are. Even when you're, I'll never forget going to winter warm up and being in Double A, and like you know, this kid from Miami shows up here in winter warm up. You know, it's a little colder than I was used to. <laughs> and, I, and I get here and I'm like, you know, go to a restaurant or something, and someone's like, oh, you, you know, you're John Jay. You, you were in Springfield. You had a great year. I'm like, what is? I'm like, this is like, you know, I could walk around Miami and, and have 10 years in the big leagues with 10 all-stars and no one knows who you are. So it's like, <laughs> it was like, that's something I recognize early on on how special St. Louis is. Hmm. You said baseball kept you on the right path and kept you making the right decisions. Were there any moments, conversations you had with specific coaches or players that stand out to you? Yeah, I mean, there's a ton of them. <laughs> Um, you know, players, you know, guys like Yachty, Albert, Matt Holiday, um, Pujols. I said, I said Albert, um, Chris Carpenter. Um, one specific one I'll say, which, which is pretty cool is, um, you know, after we won the world series, it's 2012 spring training and, um, you know, Chris Carpenter talking to him, he was always a huge mentor to, to myself and some of the other younger guys. And, you know, we had won and kind of, we had kind of earned the veterans trust at that point. And I remember him having a conversation with myself, Craig, Descalzo, and Freeze, and was saying, hey, like, I'm going to challenge you guys to take more of a leadership role on this team. And we're all kind of looking around like, dude, we've only been here a year, a year and a half. Like, And he's like, no, you guys are the future of this organization. You guys are the future of this team. You guys, you get what it takes to be a Cardinal. So I challenge you guys to go out there and do that every day. And for us as young players, I mean, that's something that, you know, you have the biggest leader in this team that had been around forever. And he's telling us, these young guys, like, hey, take over, like, do what you do and, and lead. And that's something that I'll never forget. You know, he gave us that confidence. And it was something that's, you know, the beautiful part about this organization is passing down the game and, and really paying it forward. You guys came up. You got a picture. The reason I bring this up, you had a picture of you, Alan Craig, Daniel Descalso, and who was it? David Freeze, David. right? You guys were the Memphis Mafia at that time. And the young guys, I'm sure, I mean, you guys knew your role. You explained that they were giving you responsibilities fairly early on. But go back to that 2010, 2011. What was it like coming in as a young dude with all those guys around and Tony LaRusso running the show? I mean, was there any intimidation factor at all when you're getting to the big leagues and you're like, oh my God, look at these guys? 
I think, uh, I mean, th- there was a little bit, but I think, you know, you get those nerves out of the way in spring training. You yeah. know, when you're in spring training, and like, I'll never forget my first big, big league spring training, I was like, wow, like, there's Albert and there's Yachty, and like, you're wide-eyed, and you're just like looking around like, going, like oh my goodness, it's, you know, so I think, um, you know, you kind of get that out of the way there, but I think the special thing about that that group of guys you just mentioned and uh, I, mean, I remember we used to call ourselves the YGC, the, the young guy crew. <laughs> and, you know, the cool thing with that group, and I always say is, you know, when we were in Memphis um, together in um, playing, you know, we, you'd look around and you'd see guys get called up and you're like, man, look at that guy. Like, I know I'm better than that guy. I, I know I can be in the big leagues. But but our sentiment w- within that group, and, and that's why I love those guys to death, and was we we kept encouraging each other. Like, hey, look, those guys are getting called up on these organizations that, look, they're not going to go to the playoffs. They're not going to be able to win. But like, let's take care of business that we need to take care of here, and one day we're gonna have a chance to, you know, possibly win in in the big leagues. And then I'll never forget 2009. We had the youngest team in AAA that year. We started off the first two months terribly. I mean, we were all, you know, had to make adjustments and just all this stuff. And we took off the second half. We won AAA, and that was kind of like, hey man, like we won here. We we just showed this organization that we're winners, and it's gonna pay off for us. So then, you know, by the time we got called up in 2010, and then had bigger roles in 2011, it was like it was just natural for us and. I think um, that's something we proved to the veteran players. We're like, hey, we're here to win. We're here to, to help out any way we can. We're not going to complain if we're not starting that day. Hey, you need me to come off the bench? Cool. What do you need me to do? I want to be a St. Louis Cardinal. I want to have a chance to win here. And then it's crazy that it happened so fast. So I, I know that you didn't officially retire until just a few months ago, right? Yeah. Like, you, yeah, I think it was the end of April. Um What's it like to get to retire at like 37? <laughs> that must be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, we talked about it earlier, you know, baseball has been an unbelievable blessing for me. And I, I know how lucky I am to be in a position to be able to retire, you know, at 37 years old. Um, so, yeah, it, it was nice to, to be able to do that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I look forward to, you know, doing other things now. You know, I'm the type of person I, I just can't sit still. Like, right. The, it's funny, I tell my wife, like, the busier I am is when I'm happy. Like, when I don't have a lot of things to do, I just kind of sit there and I'm just like, ah. So um, it's been um, it's been nice staying busy. You know, I'm actually going back to school, um, getting my undergrad degree in business. So At Miami? At Miami, of awesome. course. Of oh, course. I'm in campus. You know, I park at the baseball field, skateboard through campus. Which has been a, a blast. <laughs> oh, man. You know, so I'm getting to relive, like, my <laughs> childhood living, now. You're hey, living the, life backwards. By the way, how weird is it? It's awesome. Uh, well, it's probably not as weird for you because Gino Damari is the head coach there. Gino was my teammate in college. And obviously, he's the big shooter now, running things. Pretty cool. Yeah, no, it's great. And like for you know myself, you know, Gino was my you know one of the most instrumental coaches in my in my career. He recruited you, didn't he? He recruited yeah. me. He, I mean, outfield. You know, I took a lot of pride in my defense. You know, that's what kept me in the big leagues for so long. And a lot of that I owe to Gino. You know, so um, yeah, it's cool to see him, see the guys, and it was cool to be in class with with with, with you know with the players. You know, usually I get to know them on the field or whatnot, but like it was cool to have them actually in class and like do group projects together and then huh. see them at the field and I can give them you know advice on different things. So that's cool. Yeah, it's been, it's been a ton of fun. Definitely an adjustment, but a lot of fun. This is our conversation. Uh, well, that's part of it. Uh, like maybe half of the conversation we had with John Jay on Friday. He was in studio for a couple of segments. Really great stuff. And I now I, I just can't stop laughing at the the, the visual of a thirty seven year old. Former major league player, spent 12 years in the big leagues, skateboarding across a college campus now that he's back finishing up his degree. First of all, that's great uh, getting back and finishing up the degree. He's doing a lot of really good things uh, in the business world as well. Um, I think he said he was partnered with uh, with Daniel Descalso the, on, on Lo Siento Tequila. Uh, they, they have their own. That's their own company that's doing really well and starting to gain some ground. I tweeted about it the other day. So if you check out my feed, you'll be able to see that. And I just retweeted um the the details for 
the event next Sunday night. So it's going to be at the Family Golf and Learning Center, 6 to 10 p.m. next Sunday night. Uh, this is, again, the Family Golf and Learning Center is right around uh, 270 in Big Ben. Not very far from there. You'd get off that. Uh, you'd, you'd get off the exit there. Uh, you go. You go west just a little bit. It'll be up there, kind of in the back. It's it's not always easy to see, but just put it in your map. You'll be able to find it. But a really fun event. Says he's going to have some friends that'll join him. I don't know if he knows anybody. I don't know if he knows anybody from the 2011 team or from the current team. <laughs> But I'm I'm assuming you're going to see some of his former teammates there as well. And he'll be benefiting the, the Jay Family Foundation, which he just started recently. He's trying to put some work into getting that off the ground. And this will be one of the first times he's doing stuff here in St. Louis. He does great charity work here, of course. And he and his wife live here for the summer summer months through part of the year. And then they live the rest of the year down in South Florida. But he's doing good work in both places. And you can check it out. And by the way, if you follow him on Twitter, at John JU, I'm sure... You'll see all kinds of links to it there, but I just tweeted out the link to the event a few minutes ago at Kevin Wheeler 94. All right, we'll get back to some more baseball talk, and we're going to finish with a little college football talk after that here on KMOX. There's a high. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown! A little bit more baseball here on sports on a Sunday morning. Kevin Wheeler with you here in the steeple sports studio. And obviously uh, Kevin Wheeler filling in for Tom Ackerman. Aki will be back next week. He's on vacation here for 4th of July weekend. Uh, And I'm in town. So I'm like, yeah, I can do that. What the heck? Come and talk a little baseball. Go coach a little later on. We'll be back here tomorrow. By the way, we'll have short show uh, the show, Chris Ronji, Amy Marks, course, and I will be going from 10 until noon tomorrow, and then it's grilling time. I don't know what I'm grilling yet, but it's going to be something, and it'll probably be more than one thing. Should be several somethings uh, for the day tomorrow. I uh, hope you guys are enjoying the holiday weekend, by the way, and obviously some baseball on KMLX tonight. Five, four, let's see, five ten for the pregame show, around six oh five for the first pitch. It's always a little bit later than that for the the national TV broadcast, which is what it is tonight. But you can have the game here, 5-10 for the pregame show and 6-05-ish for the first pitch here tonight. I got a question a few minutes ago 
uh, on the text line, 314-436-7900, about Paul DeYoung and uh, essentially how the, the salary structure works uh, when, a, when a guy gets demoted. And it's different. So the text from Howard was, hey, I got a question about Paul DeYoung. When he was sent down to AAA, did he incur a pay decrease? On the other hand, when Newt Barr is called up from AAA, does he receive a pay increase? Thanks for your opinion and knowledge. And that's from Howard. Uh, they're different, completely different situations. When someone has signed a guaranteed contract like Paul DeYoung has, you are getting paid every penny of that regardless of what level you play at and regardless of whether you play at all if the team is the one that chooses to let you go. Now, if you retire, you don't get paid. But let's say the team were to say, you know what? Uh, we'll put you on waivers and you're free to be a free agent, all that. That's fine. They still have to pay him every penny of what they owe him. And that's the same when you go down. So once you've signed a major league contract, not one where you're going back and forth, but once you have signed a, a long-term deal, you've gotten past um, the, the arbitration years, you've gotten into a contract, you're getting paid that money. So Paul DeYoung did not lose anything being moved to AAA. If they did you would see a lot more of teams moving struggling guys who make a lot of money down to AAA because then they wouldn't have to pay them. So, yeah, that's that's and that's one of the reasons why the union negotiated the way that they did. You don't want teams playing games uh, in that way. Now, with a guy like Lars Nootbaar, who is still under team control, he is not on one of those types of contracts, his pay will be different. When he's at AAA, he's getting paid the AAA rate. I guess you will. When he's in the big leagues, he's making major league minimum. So that's how that works for people that are still in there. It does So it is different for an established veteran who has signed a contract, like a, 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 an, a, an actual major league contract versus someone who actually has both, who can go back and forth. Uh, and speaking of DeYoung, I wanted to mention, you know, he got hit by a pitch the other day uh, and uh, came out of a game, got hit by a pitch on the hand. And I was talking about this before that news even came up and it's, it's really hard to see like a, a path forward to get back to the big leagues for Paul DeYoung right now. Um, in part, like I guess maybe at some point it becomes kind of a come up and be a utility man, a bench guy. But really, if you're looking at the everyday lineup, Tommy Edmond has been good defensively. And the other guys that are playing second base, obviously it's Gorman and Donovan depending on the day. And occasionally it's, Tommy Edmond with Sosa playing short or whatever. But the point is that really the middle infield has been really good. And you don't, I don't see them wanting to change the mix. And when you look here in a, in a, in a few days, you might have Tyler O'Neill back. So if you've got O'Neill and the, and the outfield along with Dylan Carlson, that's only one spot for guys like Yepes and Donovan and, and you know, to, to, to rotate through in the outfield. I just don't see where there would be a need at the moment even if he was going well, which it's it's kind of been a little bit of the same for him at AAA as it was in the majors. You'll have some hot streaks where you start to see some power production, and then you have long you know longer cold snaps, and that's kind of been you know the way it's worked for him so far. So in the minors this year, he's got 160 at bats, hitting 219, 11 home runs. Now he's hitting for a lot of power in the minor leagues. I mean, 11 home runs is a lot for 160 at bats, but you know on base is 268 against AAA pitching, and I mean, that's that's not going to get you back anytime soon, especially with these other guys performing. Like, who would you take off the roster? Certainly not going to be Donovan or Gorman or Yepes at this point. 
Now, if one of them were to go into an extended slump, maybe that opens the door for a return. And I say, I'm not saying this to, you know, to be hard on the guy or anything like that. It's just kind of the reality of the situation. Once he went down and all these other guys started performing, it started to get harder and harder. And it's not like he's putting up numbers to the point where you're like, oh, man, you got to get him back. I mean, regardless of anything else, he's so hot right now or he's playing so well, you got to get him back. It hasn't happened that way. And I know we've been all baseball so far this morning, which is shocking, I know, uh, when you're on the home of the Cardinals KMOX. But I want to change gears for just the final few minutes of sports on a Sunday morning. I want to talk a bit about what we saw this week in college football. With USC and UCLA moving to the Big Ten effective in 2024, the entire landscape has been changing for years, and it's going to. I'm going to tell you right now, within the next couple of years, it's going to accelerate even more. Now there's buzz about the Big Ten saying to Notre Dame, "Hey, now's the time. You want to be in or not?" And there's talk that they might bring Oregon into the Big Ten as well. And I guess what my what I want to get into is. The regional nature of college football is about to change and potentially just go away. We'll get into that next up to close out the show here on KMOX. There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's a gunner. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. All right, just a few minutes left on sports on a Sunday morning. Kevin Wheeler in for Tom Ackerman today, and uh, I'll be back here tomorrow. By the way, we have two hours of the show tomorrow. Uh, Chris Ronji, Amy Marks, Coors, and yours truly. Uh, so we'll go from 10 to noon tomorrow, and then we'll break into 4th of July coverage on KMOX, and then back full-time on Tuesday. I uh, wanted to get into this college football stuff for just a few minutes. I know we don't have a lot of time, but... I'm sure, you know, in the last few days, been big news that UCLA and USC are leaving the Pac-12 to go to the Big Ten, which, again, geographically is very weird. But keep in mind, Rutgers and Maryland are already in the Big Ten, right? Geographically, that doesn't make any sense either. But what the Big Ten is doing and what the SEC will be doing here soon to compete is they're trying to get coverage all across the map. So this is what the SEC did with bringing in... Texas A&M and Texas, right? I mean, you want to, what they, what the, the deal is all about television sets, television markets that you can then bundle together and get larger rights fees for. So when you're bringing in football fans in Los Angeles, in Southern California that are now going to be watching the big 10 because the two teams, the two big schools there, USC and UCLA are in the big 10 you're growing your audience, and that will get you more money for your Big Ten network, for all the TV rights deals. And look, that's what these things are about. That's what the mergers have been, the conference expansions have been all about. They've been about getting bigger bang for your buck. One of the reasons the SEC wanted Mizzou was that you have two good-sized television marketplaces. you got St. Louis and Kansas City that are both in Mizzou territory. That was a big draw for them. And we're just now getting even further expanded. And look, this is this has been coming this way for a very long time. The old way is dead. The old traditions are not all gone, but a lot of them are gone and more are going to be going away. And it's going to be a lot more about 
the television show. It's about the product. It's about the quality of the top end. And I do think that whatever we end up with, whether it's the Power 5 or maybe at some point called the Power 4, whatever it is, that's going to break away from the rest of Division 1. It's going to break away from the NCAA, in my opinion, in football. There will be a separate college football entity that will cover the top 40, 50, maybe top 60 schools. And they're going to be their own thing. And it's going to, you know, right now you have Division 1A, you've got the FBS and the FCS, right? The FBS, the bowl system, the FCS, the championship system, that's the full playoff that you have in what we used to call Division 1 AA. Well, now you're going to have another level to that. This is the way it's been going for a long time. And I know it freaks people out because people don't like traditions to change, and college football has been about tradition. But part of the problems with college football, well, biggest problem is they've been slow to act. They haven't been very progressive in how they've handled things, and now it's getting to the point where it's almost beyond the control of the NCAA which is why I'm going to continue to say, and I've been saying probably for 10 years, that at some point in our lifetimes, there will be a non-NCAA college football entity. NCAA will still run the college basketball tournament and all the other sports, but the big teams, the big conferences in college football will do their own thing. And they already kind of are. So with those two joining the Big Ten, and again, there are reports that I've seen that the Big Ten still maybe recruiting Oregon and Notre Dame. And it's about time Notre Dame gets on board with the rest of everybody else. Sorry, but you, you don't get preferential treatment forever because of Newt Rockney. You don't get preferential treatment forever because of your history. Sometime, at some point, you got to join the rest of the group. And that time is coming now because they don't want to be left out. And, and they're a big enough draw. I mean, the, the history... And the the lar the nationwide fan base they're a big enough draw they're going to get a sweet deal, but it is time for them to join the fold and be a part of a conference. Being independent is great for them, and again I know the tradition, but the college football world is moving away from that, and there's no more having your cake and eating it too. There's no more. Well, we want to be included in the college football playoff, but we don't want to share revenue. Uh uh-uh. uh, you want to be in one, you got to be in both. If you're in, you're in. If you're not, hey, have fun, do your thing. But I think they're going to be in. The Big Ten makes the most sense, although the ACC was the stupid one in all of this. You know, they said, okay, Notre Dame, you can join the ACC, but you don't have to join in football. Stupid. You're either all in or, or, you're, or you're not in. That's the way to roll it because they don't bring enough value with their other sports to justify what they will take out of the conference TV money because they're not sharing any of the football money. Anyway, that's an ACC problem. And by the way, the ACC might be in some trouble because it may not be too long before the SEC to compete with the Big Ten starts to look at Clemson, starts to look at Florida State and Miami and some of the other big southern schools that have money that are, that are television draws too. That's the key part of it, the TV draws. Because I, you know, you think about Miami. They haven't been very good for a long time, but they have a a pretty good national following because of the good old days. But also, it's a big TV market. South Florida is a really big TV market, which is what you'd be looking at. It's not going to stop, fellas. I don't love every part of it, 
but I understand it, and I do like it more than the old ways where we just did things because that's how we always did them. Better to do things for a purpose than just because other people decided it a long time ago. Hey, that's uh, it's gonna. Oh my God, the show's over. I don't know what it's like to do a two-hour show. I'm usually doing a four-hour show. Hey, you guys have yourselves a great Fourth of July weekend. We'll catch you tomorrow on the show. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.